What's up, everybody? Chris here from Chris Gates Fitness, back with another episode, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is uh, our third Q&A, and we're going to talk about the following topics. We're going to talk about eating late at night and the impact that that may have, uh, the benefits of creatine, and proper footwear for squatting. So video of this episode is going to be on YouTube and Facebook. You can obviously subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, like I mentioned, just search for Chris Gates Fitness and you'll find me there. Uh, also, I'm a coach. If you're interested in taking your fitness and nutrition to the next level, I'd love to work with you. So please, you know, let's get in touch and talk about what type of program may work for you or be good for you. Um, and you can always check out my website for hundreds of articles on fitness, nutrition, mindset, all that type of stuff to help you get the most out of your fitness and nutrition. So with all that said, Let's get into the Q&A. Like I said, this is going to be our third Q&A, and we're going to dive into three different topics. So let's start with the first question. Okay, our first question is, I assume part of the reason I'm not losing weight is due to eating too much late at night. What time of day is best to eat, and when should I cut off my food intake each day? Okay, so I understand the level of worry here. I feel like this is a common misconception by a lot of people that eating at certain times of day is more optimal or beneficial depending on what your goal may be. And in actuality, that really is not the case and doesn't matter at all as long as you have your calories controlled. So let's talk about eating late at night because that's the basis of this question. I think a lot of people end up thinking, well, if I'm eating late at night, I'm not moving around. I'm just eating, going to bed, that food is sitting in my system, uh, and since I'm not moving around, it's just going to turn into fat, and that's why I'm gaining body weight. And really, that's not how the human body operates, but I can understand why people think that. Really, the, the best way to kind of reframe how you think about the food that you're eating is to think about your diet in 24-hour intervals, and then also think about your diet in weekly intervals. So how many calories you're eating each day, and then that average for each day across an entire week, those two numbers are going to be what are much more indicative of the reasoning behind why you might not be losing weight and you think you should be. I think often we don't really have a great idea or, or any idea of how many calories that we're actually eating on a daily basis. And I think if we did, obviously it would help us to figure out how to best manipulate our diet to reach our goals. I recommend to a lot of people to at least track your nutrition for one to two weeks at the minimum to really understand, okay, these are the foods that I eat on, on a regular basis and this is how many calories that, that I'm therefore taking in on a regular basis. You can do that easily. You know, technology nowadays makes it easy. Apps like MyFitnessPal um, really have just about any food that you would ever eat. They let you scan nutrition labels and the food will just pop up with the calories and macronutrients right there for you. So it, it can be very easy to track your nutrition on a daily basis. That's something I work with my clients with constantly. Um, and I have video resources and articles on my website to learn more if that's something that you're interested in. But framing things 
within that 24-hour interval, and weekly intervals will help you get a good start in terms of figuring out why you're not losing that weight. The ways that eating too late at night or just eating late at night could negatively impact your nutrition and negatively impact a weight loss goal that you have could be because of how food impacts us just before we go to bed. So eating right before bed can negatively impact your sleep. It doesn't necessarily negatively impact your metabolism, but it can negatively impact your sleep. And research shows that if you get ne- if you get poor sleep at night, you're more likely to make poor decisions with your diet the next day because when you're sleep deprived, you tend to reach for the easier options. You tend to develop a little bit more of a sweet tooth and you want to snack on foods that aren't as good for you. So there can be a trickle down effect there where, okay, eating late at night can lead to poor choices, but just simply eating late at night does not lead to fat gain. So my recommendation to you is to just focus less on timing and focus more on your calories and get a good idea of how many calories you're eating on average each day and track that across a week to get the average. And when you get the average, it should be as simple as reducing your daily calorie intake and also increasing your energy expenditure, doing more, exercising more would also help you as well. That's going to help you kind of get over this issue of not losing weight and wondering why. You really just need to break it all down to the basics and and get to the root of the issue. And the issue is always, almost always, based on how many calories you're eating each day. Okay, question number two is, I work out regularly but have never experimented with creatine. I do take a pre-workout, but I don't take it every time I work out. I switch on and off with coffee, but I'm curious, what are your thoughts on creatine? My thoughts on creatine and my answer to this question is pretty plain and simple and pretty short and to the point. If you're exercising regularly, I recommend you take creatine. I don't recommend that you load creatine in any huge doses. Three to five grams a day every day is going to be more than enough and it's going to provide you with the benefits that creatine provides. Those benefits are studied and proven more than any supplement on the market. And let's kind of run through what those are right now. So there's unanimous evidence of creatine improving performance. It can enhance performance when repeated bouts are occurring. So that's why I said if you're exercising regularly, this is something that I think you should take. It can help with muscle strength, power gains. It it can also contribute to muscle growth, so muscle hypertrophy. And there's also evidence that it can be a benefit to you if you do endurance training. So it's not just about weightlifting and trying to build muscle and strength. If you're an endurance athlete, it can benefit you as well. It's safe. It's cheap. It's easy to take. I recommend it to just about everybody. And I wrote an article in 2018 about what supplements I actually recommend people take. Because generally speaking, I, I don't recommend people take supplements all that often. I think if you are taking a ton of supplements it probably means that you have a pretty poor diet because you're not getting the nutrients that you need in the foods that you eat. And we should really try and get all the nutrients we need in our regular diet. So I recommend that most people stay away from supplements as much as, as much as you can. But like I said, I wrote an article on my website about three supplements that I would recommend people take 
creatine is one of them. You can head over to my website and check that out. The link to it will actually be in the Q&A article uh, for these topics that's on my website. So go check that out if you want to learn more. But if you're interested in trying creatine and you haven't yet, definitely give it a try. I think it's going to be a benefit to you. All right, lastly, our third question for this Q&A is someone told me I shouldn't be squatting in my shoes. Why is that? Is that a problem? And never fun when people give you unsolicited advice in the gym. So uh, I'm glad you reached out to actually ask about if this is true because, you know, the advice that gets thrown around at the gym is not always the most credible information. But this is a topic that I've actually written about as well and one that is worth discussing. So let's let's start with the basics. If you are just doing things like body weight squats or goblet squats, dumbbell squats, anything with light weight or body weight, I don't really think it matters what type of footwear that you have that you're using. It's this is more of a topic as we get into really heavier squats. So I would say if you are barbell squatting your body weight or heavier, we probably should talk about the footwear that you're using. So let's assume that that's you and you're asking this question. Well, then if that's the case, I would say, depending on the shoes that you were wearing when somebody said this to you, yeah, that that may be the case. You may need to switch up your footwear. What I see a lot of people doing in the gym is squatting in running shoes. A lot of people wear just regular running shoes to the gym to do whatever. And generally speaking, that's completely fine. But like I said, if you're doing, if you're barbell squatting with your, your body weight on the bar or more, this could potentially run the risk of injury for you. Uh, the, the way that you can look at it is just like this. You wouldn't squat heavy weight on top of a mattress. You're, you wouldn't put pillows under your feet before you squatted heavy weight. More or less, that's what you're doing when you're squatting in regular old running shoes and you have a lot of weight on the bar. Running shoes are designed to have some shock absorption in them for when you're running on pavement to help your ankles, knees, hips, your joints. The shoes are built to absorb that pounding on the pavement so that it's not transferred as much into your joints. Well, because of that, it's really beneficial for running. But if we're squatting heavy weight, you're standing on a surface in your shoes that is cushioned and unstable. And like I said, you could run the risk of injury. I've written an article on this topic. Again, this is linked in the Q&A. But what research shows is that most people do best squatting that heavy weight, barbell squatting, either in bare feet, so just socks or bare feet, or in flat-soled shoes, so something like the Converse All-Stars, the Chuck Taylors. Um, Those generally will give you a very stable surface to squat from, and that's pretty much all you need if you have good squat form. Now, you can run into certain issues with within your own biomechanics where maybe you have limited uh, ankle flexion and mobility. And if that's the case, there are squat shoes that you can buy that have an elevated heel. And normally it's quarter inch or a half inch, something like that, where your heel is elevated, which kind of helps with the fact that your leg can only move so far based on an ankle mobility issue. Um, 
I have squatted in both flat-soled shoes and squat shoes, so with the elevated heel, I like them both. I don't see a huge difference. Each one takes a little bit getting used to. I will say that generally the flat-soled shoes or bare feet are obviously a lot cheaper than buying a pair of squat shoes. So what I would recommend to you is get a pair of flat-soled shoes and try those out or try barefoot first. Don't go straight to the store and drop a ton of money on squat shoes because you might not need them. Um, But I would say if you're squatting in running shoes or basketball shoes or some other type of shoe that has a very cushioned sole, to try and get away from those as you squat heavier and heavier because it's going to create an unstable surface for you and that's just not going to be safe. It's not going to be optimal and it's not worth it to risk injury when you could spend $40 on a pair of chucks or spend no dollars by just taking your shoes off and trying to squat that way. Uh, That would be my recommendation. And if those two options don't work for you, maybe it's time to try a pair of squat shoes. But that's my recommendation. With lightweight, I think any type of footwear is fine, but as you get heavier, let's let's start to look at it and, and see what adjustment we can make to make it safer and more optimal for you. All right, so that's it for this Q&A. I, like always, I hope you found it helpful and useful. If you have any questions that you want to submit, uh, I am always looking for questions to include in future Q&As, so send it my way. You can get in touch with me on any of the social media platforms, email my website, whatever works for you, let me know and uh, we'll we'll add it to the mix for a future one. Uh, And just to recap, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Videos for these Q&As go on uh, Facebook and YouTube. And then I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So if you're on any of those platforms, you want to follow along, head over there, hit follow, and we'll keep this uh, content rolling. So thanks for tuning in and uh, I will talk to you guys again soon. See ya.